Chapter Eight, Part One of the Many-Sided Franklin by Paul Lester Ford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Chapter Eight, Jack of All Trades, Part One. The career of Franklin teaches very strongly that general ability rather than special aptitude is the quality most potent in winning success for it is impossible not to conclude that he possessed elements which would have raised him even if his lot had been other than what it was several times in his life he changed his vocation or interests but never with apparent loss and the main impression that his life leaves on the student is that he was not merely multidextrous but multi-minded franklin came of a working family and my elder brothers he states were all put apprentices to different trades he himself when ten years old was taken from school to quote, assist my father in his business which was that of a tallow chandler and soap boiler a business he was not bred to but had assumed on his arrival in new england and on finding his dying trade would not maintain his family being in little request accordingly i was employed in cutting wick for candles filling the dipping mould and the moulds for cast candles attending the shop going on errands etc the lad did not take kindly to the work and quote, had a strong inclination for the sea but my father declared against it so benjamin worked on for two years destined he feared to become a tallow chandler quote, but my dislike to the trade continuing my father was under apprehension that if i did not find one more agreeable i should break away and get to sea as his son josiah had done to his great vexation the desire for a sailor's life was short-lived for when at sixteen he ran off he states that my inclinations for the sea were by this time worn out or i might now have gratified them nor did a longing for it ever recur on his first visit to england he found so he chronicles the voyage not a pleasant one as we had a good deal of bad weather and on the return trip he saw cause for congratulation at having happily completed so tedious and dangerous a voyage once convinced that his son would not contentedly accept his own handicraft josiah franklin set to work to find out one more suited to his predilection Quote, he therefore sometimes took me to walk with him and see joiners bricklayers turners braziers etc at their work that he might observe my inclination and endeavour to fit it on some trade or other on land my father at last fixed upon the cutler's trade and my uncle benjamin's son samuel who was bred to that business in london being about that time established in boston i was sent to be with him some time on liking but his expectations of a fee with me displeasing my father i was taken home again eventually as already recorded the boy of twelve was apprenticed to printing yet though he considered it from henceforth his special calling and was ever proud of it he was at moments easily led away to other vocations and as soon as he was able he retired from all active plying of the art and mystery save as an occasional pastime giving his time and attention to other occupations the first inclination to change was during his early london visit 
He relates that in the printing office he was jocosely called the Water American because he preferred that beverage to beer, but the title might more appropriately have been given him because of his extreme liking for aquatics. I learned early to swim well, he declared, even delighted with this exercise, and as a child practiced all Thevenot's motions and positions, adding some of my own, aiming at the graceful and easy as well as at the useful. Late in life, he wrote, When I was a boy, I made two oval pallets, each about ten inches long and six broad, with a hole for the thumb, in order to retain it fast in the palm of my hand. They much resembled a painter's pallets. In swimming, I pushed the edges of these forward, and I struck the water with their flat surfaces as I drew them back. I remember I swam faster by means of these pallets, but they fatigued my wrists. End quote. In another reminiscence, he tells of a second boyish device. Quote, I amused myself one day with flying a paper kite, and approaching the bank of a pond which was near a mile broad, I tied the string to a stake, and the kite ascended to a very considerable height above the pond while I was swimming. In a little time, being desirous of amusing myself with my kite, and enjoying at the same time the pleasure of swimming, I returned, and loosing from the stake the string with a little stick which was fastened to it, went again into the water, where I found that, lying on my back and holding the stick in my hands, I was drawn along the surface of the water in a very agreeable manner. Having then engaged another boy to carry my clothes round the pond to a place where I pointed out to him on the other side, I began to cross the pond with my kite, which carried me quite over without the least fatigue and with the greatest pleasure imaginable. I was only obliged occasionally to halt a little in my course and resist its progress when it appeared that, by following too quick, I lowered the kite too much by doing which occasionally I made it rise again. I have never since that time practiced this singular mode of swimming, though I think it not impossible to cross in this manner from Dover to Calais. The packet boat, however, is still preferable. This skill in the water remained with Franklin all through his life. In 1725, going to Chelsea with some gentlemen by water, Quote, in our return, at the request of the company, I stripped and leaped into the river, and swam from near Chelsea to Blackfriars, performing on the way many feats of activity, both upon and under the water, that surprised and pleased those to whom they were novelties. As a result, I was, to my surprise, sent for by a great man I knew only by name, a Sir William Windham, and I waited upon him. He had heard by some means or other of my swimming from Chelsea to Blackfriars, and of my teaching Wygate and another young man to swim in a few hours. He had two sons about to set out on their travels. He wished to have them first taught swimming, and proposed to gratify me handsomely if I would teach them. They were not yet come to town, and my stay was uncertain, so I could not undertake it. But from this incident, I thought it likely that, if I were to remain in England and open a swimming school, I might get a good deal of money. And it struck me so strongly that, had the overture been sooner made me, probably I should not so soon have returned to America. End quote. 
and more notable feat than this swim from chelsea to blackfriars was performed by franklin in his voyage back to america a few months later when in the open ocean he leaped overboard and swam around the ship to wash myself there is small wonder after this exhibition of skill and confidence that franklin felt some irritation over the incident which he described to a correspondent only a few months before his death Quote, the letter of yours enclosed is from the widow of a jew who happened to be one of a number of passengers that were about forty years ago in a stage-boat going to new york and which by the unskilful management of the boatman overset the canoe from whence i was endeavouring to get on board her near staten island has ever since worried me with demands of aggratia for having as he pretended been instrumental in saving my life though that was in no danger as we were near the shore and you know what an expert swimmer i am and he was no more of any service to me in stopping the boat to take me in than every other passenger to all whom i gave a liberal entertainment at the tavern when we arrived in new york to their general satisfaction at the time but this haynes never saw me afterwards at new york or brunswick or philadelphia that he did not dun me for money on the pretence of his being poor and having been so happy as to be instrumental in saving my life which was really in no danger in this way he got of me sometimes a double jonas sometimes a spanish doubloon and never less how much in the whole i do not know having kept no account of it but it must have been a very considerable sum and as he has neither incurred any risk nor was it any trouble in my behalf i have long since thought him well paid for any little expense of humanity he might have felt on the occasion he seems however to have left me to his widow as part of her dowry even in the last years of his life franklin illustrated his expertness for at nearly eighty years of age he relates that he went at noon to bathe in martin's salt-water hot bath and floating on my back fell asleep and slept near an hour by my watch without sinking or turning a thing i never did before and should hardly have thought possible his fondness for water led him to claim that the exercise of swimming is one of the most healthy and agreeable in the world after having swam for an hour or two in the evening one sleeps coolly the whole night even during the most ardent heat of summer perhaps the pores being cleansed the insensible perspiration increases and occasions this coolness i speak from my own experience frequently repeated and that of others to whom i have recommended this from becoming a swimming teacher franklin was dissuaded by a philadelphia merchant mr denham who induced him as well to leave watt's printing office Quote, he proposed to take me over as his clerk to keep his books in which he would instruct me copy his letters and attend the store he added that as soon as i should be acquainted with mercantile business he would promote me by sending me with a cargo of flour and bread etc to the west indies and procure me commissions from others which would be profitable and if i managed well would establish me handsomely the thing pleased me for i was grown tired of london remembered with pleasure the happy months i had spent in pennsylvania and wished again to see it therefore i immediately agreed on the terms of fifty pounds a year pennsylvania money less indeed than my present gettings as a compositor but affording a better prospect 
mr denham took a store in water street where we opened our goods i attended the business diligently studied accounts and grew in a little time expert at selling but in the beginning of february seventeen twenty six seven when i had just passed my twenty-first year we were both taken ill i forget what his distemper was it held him a long time and at length carried him off he left me a small legacy in a non-coopative will as a token of his kindness for me and he left me once more to the wide world for the store was taken into the care of his executors and my employment under him ended left in a lurch by this loss of position franklin returned to printing for a livelihood with the success already described but though his chief trade it was not his only one even when he was most actively engaged in it as a natural adjunct he established a bindery and took an interest in a paper mill his newspaper informing the public that quote, ready money for old rags may be had of the printer hereof and at the time i established myself in pennsylvania there was not a bookseller's shop in any of the colonies to the southwards of boston in new york and philadelphia the printers were indeed stationers they sold only paper etc almanacs ballads and a few books those who loved reading were obliged to send for their books from london this inconvenience franklin ended by opening a store for the sale of european works advertising his importations in the pennsylvania gazette or by the issue of pamphlet catalogues he also established a little stationer's shop where were to be had chapman's books ballads good writing paper choice writing parchment ciphering slates and pencils hallman's ink powders ivory pocket-books pounce and pounce boxes sealing wax wafers pencils fountain pens choice english quills brass ink horns sand glasses fine mezzotints a great variety of maps cheap pictures engraved on copper plate of all sorts of birds beasts fishes fruits flowers and useful to such as would learn to draw End quote these various commodities the shopkeeper kept in stock but he would trade in anything in which he could see a chance to profit despite his aversion to the business how he sold consignments of the franklin crown soap has already been told but that was only one of the many ventures he took and the gazette informed its readers from time to time that quote, the printer hereof had for sale such merchandise as very good sack at six cents per gallon glazed filling papers and bonnet papers very good lamp black very good chocolate linseed oil very good coffee compasses and scales seneca rattlesnake root with directions on how to use it in the pleurisy etc dividers and protractors a very good second-hand two-wheeled chaise a very neat new-fashioned vehicle or four-wheeled chaise very convenient to carry weak or other sick persons old or young good rhode island cheese and codfish quadrants four staffs nocturnals mariners compasses seasoned merchantable boards coarse and fine edgings fine broad scarlet cloth fine broad black cloth fine white thread hose and english sail duck very good iron stoves a large horse fit for a chair or a saddle 
the true and genuine godfrey's cordial choice bohay tea very good english saffron new york lottery tickets choice mackerel to be sold by the barrel a large copper steel very good spermacity fine palm oil very good temple spectacles a new fishing net a stranger mode of turning a penny was by a venture now and again in indentured and bond servants being such immigrants as sold their service for a stated number of years in return for a passage to the colonies franklin would occasionally purchase the time as the expression then was of some of these and then in the columns of his paper would insert advertisements of which the following are samples Quote, a likely servant lad's time to be disposed of he is fit for country and town business has four years of service and has been in the country a year and a half inquire of the printer to be sold a likely woman servant having three years and a half to serve she is a good spinner to be sold a likely servant lad about fifteen years of age and has six years to serve to be sold a young servant welshwoman having one year and a half to serve and is fit for town or country service inquire of the printer to be sold a likely dutch servant girl about thirteen years of age and has five years to serve a likely young woman's time to be disposed of about eighteen years of age fit for town or country business and can handle her needle well to be sold an irish servant girl's time she has three years and three quarters to serve is young and fit for town or country business End quote. a somewhat kindred but more regrettable traffic was one in slaves though due to the friends there was a very positive public sentiment in philadelphia against slavery and still more against the buying and selling of men franklin had too much new england canonists to regard it and made many a venture in the purchase and sale of negroes his newspaper informing the public that quote, a likely young negro wench who is a good cook and can wash well is to be disposed of inquire of the printer hereof to be sold a likely young negro wench about eighteen years of age speaks good english and is fit for either town or country inquire of the printer hereof to be sold a likely mulatto girl aged about sixteen years has had the smallpox and is fit for either town or country to be disposed of very reasonable inquire of the printer hereof to be sold a likely young negro fellow about twenty-six years of age suitable for any farming or plantation business having been long accustomed to it and has had the smallpox inquire of the printer hereof to be sold a negro man twenty-two years of age of uncommon strength and activity very fit for a farmer or a laborious trade he understands the best methods of managing horses and is very faithful in the employment any person that wants such a one may see him by inquiring of the printer hereof to be sold a likely negro woman with a man-child fit for town or country business inquire of the printer hereof to be sold a lusty young negro woman fit for the country business she has had the smallpox and measles inquire of the printer hereof to be sold a prime able young negro man fit for laborious work 
in town or country that has had the smallpox as also a middle-aged negro man that has likewise had the smallpox inquire of the printer hereof or otherwise they will be exposed to sale in public venue on saturday the eleventh of april next at twelve o'clock at the indian king in market street some of these slaves he procured from New England, where, as population grew in density, the need for them passed, leading to their sale in the colonies to the southward, and there was not always a profit, for Franklin, of one purchase of husband and wife, wrote to his mother, quote, We conclude to sell them both the first good opportunity, for we do not like Negro servants, end quote, with the result that, quote, We got again about half what we lost, end quote. In spite of this prejudice, Franklin took with him two Negro servants to England on his second visit, with slight benefit, for one who, quote, was of little use and often in mischief, ran off within a year, and the other behaved only as well as I could expect, in a country where there are many occasions of spoiling servants, if they are ever so good. He has as few faults as most of them, the philosopher observed, and I see with only one eye, and hear with only one ear, so we rub on pretty comfortably. End of chapter 8, part 1